horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, well, we're back in the saddle again, ready to bring you another Winning Ponies program. Got uh, two great guests again for you this evening. Uh, one is Michael Blowen, uh, who heads up Old Friends Retirement. Uh, hopefully you're, you're familiar with Old Friends. He seeks out and finds uh, stallions, uh, many of them great stakes winners that have just kind of been ignored. Uh, he has an amazing program there of care, and they live out their life uh, at, at Old Friends. And you don't all have to be stakes winners. He's got horses at every level there. Uh, but uh, it's open to visitors. They give three tours a day. If you happen to be in the Lexington area, uh, come visit them. Uh, just great, great people. And he's done a sensational job at taking care of some of these old warriors. Uh, from there... Uh, we're going to go to Las Vegas and talk to our friend Rich Ng. He's been on Winning Ponies before and has put us on more than one winner. So we'll be handicapping with Rich. Uh, obviously, uh, some big races at Saratoga. And then we've got uh, the two top uh, Philly races in the country for the babies. Now, these are horses that you're going to obviously see in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile on the West Coast. Uh, we're going to start, uh, we're going to stay at Saratoga for the spinaway, which some real promising stars there. I mean, there's five of these fillies that have already won at Saratoga. And then uh, we're going to go out to uh, the hometown horses, the Del Mar Debutant. They're on the West Coast, so they won't have to move very far for the Breeders' Cup. And again, some very promising individuals, probably headed up by the undefeated Executive Privilege, out of whose barn? None other than Bob Baffert. So we'll see what Rich Ng has to say about the races we're going to handicap. Uh, of course, uh, the main races from Saratoga uh, will be the uh, Grade 1 Forgo and the Grade 1 Woodward. Well, normally uh, I start out with uh, national news, and I guess what we're going to talk about first here is national but I've got to go right to some of the races we talked about because we just had some sensational racing over the weekend, starting with the dead heat in the Traverse Stakes. What a race this was. Uh, you know, the three-year-old division has really opened up. Uh, Alpha was sent off, the, the slight favorite in here, and uh, put in just a bang-up race. And uh, the uh, upsetter... If there, you could call it that, uh, Kenny McPeak, who's, who's known to send some long shots out to win some big races like Sarava and the Belmont Stakes. Well, these two, they came down, and it looked like Golden Ticket at 33 to 1 had given Alpha the slip, but Ramon Dominguez refused to give up, and Alpha just kept coming back and coming back under a strong hand ride, and they hit the wire together. It took a while, doesn't take as long now to separate them. But nonetheless, for the first time since 1874, there was a dead heat in the Midsummer Derby. Again, it was Golden Ticket and Alpha. Uh, now, back in the day, back in 1874, it was Attila and Acrobat. And in that case, they had a runoff. <laughs> and in the runoff, it was won by Attila. So uh, just a, an amazing race. Uh, again, uh, David Cohen followed Kenny's instructions to the T. 
He said, never leave the rail. Don't leave it. Stay there. If you get stopped, it's my fault. And Cohen did exactly what Kenny told him to do and managed to hold on at 33-1. to Now, Golden Ticket is a horse that wasn't even supposed to go in this race. But uh, Kenny couldn't find any other races. And, you know, we've talked about it before, about horses that just automatically take to a surface. Well, Golden Ticket had never raced at Saratoga. But since McPeak brought the horse up there, he just relished. It could be the weather, it could be the going, but put in one, two, three consecutive bullet works over the training track at Saratoga. So obviously, Kenny had him on his toes. He didn't think he had him on his toes enough to go to the Travers. That wasn't his intention. But nonetheless, he's become the new giant killer of a new generation. Kenny McPeak gets up at 33-1 to 1, uh, over Alpha. The great thing is, uh, you know, we saw that back in 1874, they had a runoff. Well, it could be Shades of Attila and Acrobat again, as it looks like both of these horses may win, may win, may run, in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, Karen McLaughlin, the trainer of Alpha, and McPeak uh, mentioned the Pennsylvania Derby, uh, and McPeak says he's definitely leaning towards the race. McLaughlin said he's also looking at the million-dollar Jockey Gold Cup. So this would be really nice to see these horses uh, get back on their toes and get in the starting gate, match strides again. We'll find out. But anyhow, interesting three-year-old season, and we've got some more three-year-old news I'll get to a little while later, but as great as that race was, I hope you stuck around and caught the Pacific Classic because you got to see a three-year-old record a new track record, and it was Dullahan recording the track record, 159.54. That's right, the three-year-old taking on the likes of Richard's Kid and the Dude, Game on Dude. Uh, Dullahan uh, rallied from 7th as always uh, Game On Dude had the lead turn for home as a matter of fact looked pretty darn strong uh, kind of a, something that's never really happened uh, to her much is Chantel Sutherland actually uh, lost the reins while she was going for her whip so she uh, lost the, uh, the left rein I don't know if that had any outcome on the race because I think what we found is uh, Dullahan just absolutely loves the synthetic surfaces and, uh, you know, odds are that's probably where they're going to keep him, that or on grass. Um, he, they're hoping that he's going to stick around and go over. Uh, Jerry Crawford, who's been a guest on Winning Ponies, has said that uh, his long-range gold is next year's Dubai World Cup. So let's hope that we have uh, some three-year-olds sticking around and running some big races as, as older horses next year. So, anyhow, just I had to jump ahead. We'll get to more race results uh, in just a little bit. But those two races were just, just sensational. Now, a three-year-old who all of a sudden started grabbing headlines was Painter. He won the Haskell by nearly four lengths uh, after, as you recall, in the Belmont Stakes. He was only beaten the neck by Union Rags. And uh, they were going to, he lost a little bit in training with an illness, and uh, then he was going to be in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, after that illness, he spent several days at Belmont Park, uh, came up to Saratoga last week. He galloped and jogged over the Oklahoma training track. But then, as it turns out, uh, he ran into a battle with colitis, a very serious battle, according to Omer Ahmed Zayat, Painter's white 
blood cell count, which was dangerously low on Monday and Tuesday, had doubled by Wednesday morning, which is a positive sign. But according to Zayat, we are by no means out of the danger zone. He's a tough son of a gun, that horse. Uh, they're saying that it's different than the sickness he had that, that sent him down to New Jersey. The latest episode was discovered Saturday, Sunday night, just hours before Painter was to have been flown to Bob Baffert's barn in Delmar. He had a temperature that reached 104 degrees and had diarrhea. I guess... I guess I had colitis last week, and it wasn't just that bad visit to Taco Bell. But anyhow, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed and hope that uh, Painter makes it back and continues on the scene with three-year-olds. One three-year-old that we're probably not going to say, they say right now it's a less than 10% chance that last year's champion Hanson could race again. So Dr. Hanson has stated that he's proceeding as if Hanson is retired. Uh, they said that the injury was a little more extensive than, than what they had thought. And uh, they, they really took a look. They had talked to different farms about the horse's future. They talked to five farms about if he could go to stud and if he healed well, could he go back to racing. And two of the farms were actually uh, in agreement that they would allow him to do the uh, dual career approach, something uh, that has happened Several horses in past history. It would be very interesting to hear about this happening in this day and age. Uh, some more good news. Uh, Delmar, things keep going good right there. Uh, the uh, up 23% on Pacific Classic Day. And for the second to last full week of the session, on-track handle rose 27%. And even their average field size, as we know, is very tough all over the country, uh, is up to uh, 824 of course, we've had some uh, bad racing uh, weather, and both uh, the fairgrounds, Calder, and Timonium have all had to cancel uh, because of Isaac forcing bad weather on us. Let's hope everybody has a pretty good weekend, and all of our friends down there in Louisiana are doing just fine. And this week at Ellis Park, they're going to start instant racing. Now, instant racing, of course, at Kentucky Downs has been very popular and has helped the purses there. Uh, they've announced purse increases, and uh, things are looking awful good uh, for, for them at Kentucky Downs. And they've kind of partnered up with Ellis Park, and so uh, there's going to be an opening party tonight uh, unveiling their instant racing party to the general public the next day. So uh, it's located on the furthest extension of the plant, beyond the finish line. Right now it's going to have 177 machines, and they're going to add 75. And if you've got some money and you want to uh, buy a farm, well, the vinery properties are up for sale. Now, Ben Walden, Jr., he followed vinery in 1986. And then uh, he was one of the guys that did the first Southern Hemisphere stallion shuttling. And then he sold the property to uh, Georgie K. Hoffmeister, who now have since sold it to Tom Simon. Uh, they also have uh, farms in Australia where uh, More Than Ready stands. And uh, for whatever reason, the vinery, uh, who's had got a great reputation, is going to be going on the auction block. Well, uh, one last thing, announcement made today from the NTRA urging the Commonwealth of Kentucky to move forward with the adoption of horse racing rules that say uh, that only officials working for the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission are allowed to administer LASIKs. 
And I find this awful interesting. I mean, it seems to me, uh, you know, this has got to be a, some kind of statewide money grab here because uh, you know that they're going to get involved if only, you know, the certain racing uh, commissions that are authorized will be able to decide who actually performs this duty. And I just see this as a way of maybe pinching out some <laughs> some hard-working veterinarians. Uh, okay, one more on the uh, the horse front. Uh, brilliant speed. Uh, grade 1 winning son of Dinah former. He's going to stand at Clay's Three Chimneys Farm when he retires as a partnership between the farm and Live Oak Stud. Of course, Dinah former no longer at Stud, and they're looking for somebody to replace him. And uh, it looks like Brilliant Speed will be that one. have not announced his stud fee yet. All right, let's take a look at some of the other good racing we had last week. Besides the Pacific Classic, we had the Del Mar Handicap and Casino Host, a son of none other than Dynaformer, won the longest race of his career, a mile and three-eighths on the turf, the race was worth 120000 to Gary Mary West, and they will now get in the Breeders' Cup turf win, and you're in. Casino host gets the job done. Again, son of performer that just came out of the Eddie Reed, finished behind acclamation and interaction. There were uh, quite a few uh, track records set last week on both coasts, and one of them came in the Del Mar Mile, and what a race this turned out to be. I hope you got a chance to watch it. It was one mile on the turf, and Joe Talamo put the Irish bred obviously out on the lead and just pretty much had his way. Uh, this horse was a stone sprinter early on in its career, uh, even over in, in Europe, and now they're stretching this horse out to a mile. Uh, obviously trained by Mike Mitchell, uh, was one for one at Del Mar and one for one at the mile distance. Talamo let him loose on the turn, but look out. Here comes Mr. Commons, and Mr. Commons almost got up, obviously by a nose, but it took a track record to beat him. It was just a great race. I hope you got a chance to, to, to watch that one. Uh, and then in the, uh, the Pat O'Brien stakes, well, Bob Baffert, he's got so many good horses, he's got to try to keep them away from each other. He couldn't in the Pat O'Brien as uh, he had... Uh, Coil and Capital Account. Coil probably figured to be the better of the two, but it was Capital Account getting the job done by one half of a length. Another exciting race that we got to see last week. Okay, uh, uh, the surprise of the week, that would have to be Willie Beeman. On my past performances, I don't even have his last race. I am down as June 24th, as it turns out, he only had two days rest before the King's Bishop, and he won. Now, Dick Dutrow claimed this horse for 25000 and now he's winning a half a million dollar grade one purse. This is going to raise some eyebrows, that I guarantee you. Willie Beeman gets home at 11 to 1 over uh, Fort Loudon, an unbridled note. The, the favorite in that race was Currency Swap. We handicapped that race last week on winning ponies, but. Uh, Boy, a 25,000 claimer to a half a million, that, that is something else. And then if you uh, watch the test stakes, it was contested. The even money favorite was Rafael Bayerano up. Everybody was wondering whether or not the horse would bounce back from its disappointing mother goose. Well, contested from the Baffert barn, the killer bees, Bayerano and Baffert, 
uh, are back in town, and they took the test by two, an easy finish. Let's see if we can just wrap this up because I'm pretty sure that we've got Michael blowing. Yep, uh, Zagora. Now, here's our other track record. It was Zagora who took the Boston Spa. Uh, this horse, ridden by Ramon Dominguez, who is just so hot right now, went off the slight favorite, took control, and just roared away by one and a half lengths in track record time, 139.07. Uh, then we had the, that was the Boston Spa at a mile and a 16th. Well, that pretty much uh, rolls out the, uh, most of the results. There one more I gotta tell you about because it was, it was a huge upset and it, Royal Delta was upset in the personal ensign by love and pride. Not every day you get a 10 to 1 on a Todd Pletcher ridden by Johnny V, but love and pride got the job done. Put space between her and Royal Delta rallied back. It's tricky after falling to her nose at the start. Put in a huge effort mid-race, ended up in third. Well, that's pretty much it. A slew of great races uh, last week. I hope you had a bunch of winners. But in a minute or so, we're going to have a guy that's a, certainly a winner in my book, Michael Blowen of Old Friends Retirement. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike? Maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure. Whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker, be sure to tune in to Backpacking America's Trails with host Rob Maureen. We'll explore some of the most fascinating places on Earth. In addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john engelhart Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
All right, and with me, one of my favorite people in racing. If you're ever having a down day, you better hope you run into to Michael Blowen because this guy will bring your spirits up. He has brought to racing just a fantastic attitude, and he has created a marvelous program that so many people are, are getting behind. As a matter of fact, just the other night, I went to a Bob Dylan concert, and he dedicated the last song. They did Blowing in the Wind. It was just fantastic, you know. And I was just thinking about that. I was thinking, well, maybe Michael's next step will be to have a whole retirement home for old rockers, you know. We can put Jagger and Dylan and all those guys in it. But I think they've made enough money to do it on their own. Anyhow, Michael Blowing, taking time out from Nick Nicholson's uh, uh, swan song down there at Keeneland. Michael, how are you? I'm great, John. How are you? It's great to talk to you. Well, it, it, it's, it's always good to hear your voice, and as you know, we're going to be together for, for a fundraiser next week, but I don't want to put the, the, the cart before the horse. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask and for you to describe, if for any reason any of our listeners aren't aware of old friends, kind of uh, the genesis of it and where we are today. Sure. Well, we started with uh, one horse, an aptly named uh, uh, mayor named Narrow Escape in 2003, and now we take care of 121 uh, retired thoroughbreds. And we mix them up. We've got some bottom claimers, but mostly we have some multiple grade one winners. Our horses earned more than $90 million on the racetrack, and a lot of them earned a lot more in in the breeding shed. And people come from all over the world to visit. Uh, they can get, the, you know, we have uh, the last surviving uh, winner at the 1988 Breeders' Cup. We have Galt, who won the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Uh, Afternoon Delights. Uh, we, we just got uh, Rapid Redux, the wonderful uh, six-year-old who won 22 races in a row. Great. Uh, we even have Zippy Chippy, who's over 100, the losingest horse ever. And, you know, Zippy's very popular because he's got a great motto, and his motto is, winners don't always finish first. <laughs> I love it. Do you have a shirt in your gift shop? What's that? Do you have a shirt saying that in your gift shop? Yes, we do. And Marty McGinnis is a wonderful cartoonist. She did a great drawing of Zippy, and it says and we have mugs and T-shirts. And, and that's part of the concept of Old Friends, which is we're open for tours uh, three times a day. People can come and feed these great old champions uh, carrots and, and pet them and get their picture taken. And uh, when Bobby Frankel died, uh, he, he left us a, a lot of his trophies. And we have one of his great horses at the farm, and my personal favorite, who is Marquetry. Uh, Marquetry won a lot of really amazing, amazing races, and uh, Hollywood Gold Cup, and all kinds of races on the West Coast. But anyway, he's a very friendly horse, and if the kids are really nice, I go in the house and I get a couple of Marquetry's trophies that Bobby left us, and the kids get their picture taken with uh, Marquetry and his trophies. So it's it's a lot of fun every day to see these uh, these great retired athletes. I'm telling you, they're just amazing to be around. Now, Michael, there are some stories, though, about some of the horses on your farm that that weren't necessarily uh, on a great farm and given to you because they became infertile or that they were geldings. I mean, uh, you've had some people actually have some luck finding some of these great horses either abandoned or getting ready to go to slaughter, haven't you? Yes. You know, we have all kinds of extremes. We have everything from uh, Lane's End donating Gulch to us and supporting him in a big way financially. And then we have another horse... um, a wonderful horse named Clever Alamont. And Clever is our oldest horse now. He's 30 years old. And uh, 27 years ago, he's one of the winter book favorites for the Kentucky Derby. 
I remember. Yeah, he, uh, he was he was owned by Lynn Whiting. I mean, he's trained by Lynn Whiting and owned by Cal Parti. Eventually, they sold him to Eugene Klein and to Wayne Lucas. Well, uh, he didn't win the Derby. Uh, he his career went downhill. He won like six of or seven of his first nine starts. Won the Southwest States. Won the Rebel. He's a wonderful racehorse, but you know he had some injuries and he ended up going to the. Uh, breeding shed, and he wasn't terribly successful there. And then, you know, kind of lost track of him. And three and a half years ago at Christmas time, I got a call from a woman named Kristen Chambers out in Kansas, and she found him in a slaughter auction God. and bought him for two hundred bucks. Unbelievable. And when he got to the farm, he looked like he'd been to a concentration camp for racehorses. In fact, he's the only horse that's ever been to Old Friends that I wanted to euthanize immediately. And I was depressed that we brought him all the way from Kansas because I thought it was a real disservice. He looked terrible. Now, fortunately, uh, our veterinarian, Dr. Doug Byers, uh, looked at him and said, look, I know he looks terrible. I know he needs weight. You know, he looks, he's, he just no fat on him. There's nothing on him. He's no meat, no nothing. He looks terrible, but I don't think there's anything structurally wrong, so let's put him on this diet and let's work with him for a few months, and then if it doesn't work, then and we find out that he's uh, he's really enduring a lot of pain, then, then we'll do the right thing and we'll euthanize him. So I said, okay, well now this horse, we've had him for three and a half years. He's 30 years old. We weighed him last September. He's gained 361 pounds. He's dappled out. He's only... I used to say he only had one eye, but I was corrected by a fourth grade runner tour once who told me, sir, uh, actually has two eyes, but only one of them works. <laughs> <laughs> and he's deaf. Uh, but you can lead him around with a piece of dental floss, and he's the kindest, loveliest uh, stallion on the, on the whole farm. So, so he's the other extreme. You know, there's some owners, that, as, as in life, you know, I think when I, when I used to cover the movies for the Boston Globe, the actor Jack Nicholson told me that, you know, people in the movie business are like everybody else, except everything's magnified. And the, the generous people are much more generous. The ugly people are ten times uglier. The greedier people are ten times greedier. Well, the same thing in racing. Everything's magnified. So we have some very, very generous people in racing. You know, I don't know where we'd be without Jerry Moss and Bird and Jones. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable well, I just uh, read how a, much a, they've a really answer. stepped up. I, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I read an interesting story is that, uh, from what I understand, some guy just bought a canoe and you're getting some kickback from that. I think so. I'm very excited about that. Mike Rapoli. Yes. He bought the canoe that uh, was in the pond at the Traverse Stakes that had his colors on it, and uh, he's donating to, uh, uh, what it says here, a generous donation to Old Friends Cabin Creek in Saratoga Springs. I don't want to digress too much, but can you capsulize to us what the program is up there? I'm sure it's the same, but it's you get people back it's the same. I, I, I've always wanted to have a little Old Friends around different racetracks, so horses that were stars at that racetrack, uh, will attract visitors and uh, generate uh, a goodwill for racing and uh, generate enough money so that they could be self-sufficient. Um, here's the the really great thing. Uh, you know, Mike Rapoli, we, 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 we had Ruhlman at our farm, and I loved, adored Ruhlman, and one of his sons is named Cooling Collective, and Mike Rapoli had him, and eventually he retired him to old friends, and he's up in Cabin Creek. So we have Thunder Rumble up there who won the Travers. Oh, we have yeah. Will's Way who won the Travers. Uh, we have Crusader Sword up there. So that's a magnet, and, and Joanne Pepper does a fabulous job, and her husband Mark and all their volunteers. I mean, it's just turned into a great, great place, and... Uh, and I'm really glad that Mike is uh, is supporting it because I think it's uh, I think it's wonderful. 
Well, it, it is. And, and now what I want is I want our listeners to, to listen up. Now, uh, what's going to happen is you're coming to River Downs on Labor Day. We've made this an annual tradition, and we're going to have a silent auction. One of the key elements to this is going to be kind of, this is almost like the breakout party uh, for uh, the new Daily Racing Forum project, uh, which the publication that they're putting out on Old Friends. I don't have one in my hands. I know you're bringing one up. Tell us, what, what, what's, what are we going to see? And I understand that they can order them through you. Yes. This is an amazing document. I can't believe it. You know, a few years ago, I talked to the race forum just about putting ads in occasionally. It was like putting, pulling teeth. Well, uh, their marketing director, Mandy Minger, came to the farm, and she was transfixed, and she goes, we're going to do something for you. Well, little did I know that what eventually resulted from that conversation is an 80-page uh, Old Friends magazine, which features uh, stories about most many of our horses. It's got uh, the past performances of everybody from, uh, from Eclipse Award winners like uh, Hidden Lake and Gulch to, uh, to Zippy Chippy. Um, it's this amazing 80-page magazine, and and uh, they made uh, enough money selling advertisements so that all the money that we collect from selling the magazine for ten dollars uh, a piece goes to old friends every penny. So, and and I tell you, it is, you know, it sounds terrible to say this about something that's very flattering about the place I run, but I'll tell you something. Reading these uh, stories is just unbelievable. And if, if you have a second, I can tell you a really quick story. I, I was at Saratoga, and I was sitting behind Wayne Lucas. And Wayne and I have had our ups and downs over the, over the years, but now he's very, he's very helpful to us, and we, we get along pretty well. And I gave him a magazine because Gulch was on the cover, and, of course, he trained Gulch. Right. And I told him that Leroy Jolly told me Gulch must be the toughest horse who ever lived because he says he surprised me and Lucas. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, he was sitting next to a guy who was very familiar looking, but I couldn't place him. Well, about I gave Wayne one of the magazines. Then Wayne went to saddle a horse, and he, the other guy was looking through the magazine, and it was Frank Alexander. Wow. And, and, uh, about half an hour later, the usher comes over and he goes, Mr. Alexander would like to talk to you. And I went down there and Frank Alexander said to me, I had no idea what you were doing. I, you have Walenda at your farm. I trained Walenda. Your first horse, Narrow Escape, I trained Narrow Escape. This is the most amazing thing. And he said, uh, I'm not an emotional person. He said, but I'm really taken by this. And I just sent my wife home and we're rewriting our will. So we're going to leave a significant portion of it to old friends. Unbelievable, Michael. That is fantastic. <laughs> That really And I know that you're going to have some with them here at River Downs. Now, I want to put this out, and anybody that's listening right now, go scramble for a pen, okay? Uh, because I'm going to tell you a couple items that I have that are going in the auction, and I will take phone bids at River Downs up until about, let's say, 4 o'clock, because we're going to, give, uh, we're, we're going to end the auction at approximately 4.30. I'm going to give out my phone. Here's what, here's what I've got. I've got uh, the photos of the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks in color signed by Super Mario and Rosie. And with those, I have the Mint program, one of the Oaks, one of the Derby, signed by both jockeys. 
So we'll sell these as a pair. You know, you buy the photo, you get the program. You buy the photo, you get the program. You can either buy them together or you can buy them separate. So I'm trying to get some bidding out there. Here's my number if you've got your pen, okay? It's 513-354-8303. I'm going to get that out again. And, Michael, I hope you'll put it on your website, too. Uh, it's 513 well, we will, John. This is just fabulous. 354 Eight three zero three. Now, when we when we had our uh, when we had our uh, auction for the permanently disabled jockeys fund, uh, one of my top bids came from Brooklyn on this very same item. So uh, l- let's hope that uh, uh, we can we can do the same thing. And Michael, if you would just name some of the the items that that you might have that people might be interested in. Well, you, you know, you mentioned Rosie Napravnik. Rosie's one of our biggest supporters. Uh, she is really something. She got a saddle uh, autographed by about 15 jockeys that I'll be bringing up there. It's just an unbelievable piece. Um, we have uh, Edgar Prado, who's also been great to us, and Edgar signed a whole bunch of Barbaro posters, and we'll bring us some of those up there. Um, the... Uh, the uh, we have uh, we have a lot of the racing four magazines, and I got some of them signed by some of the jockeys. So Richard Migliori, uh, uh, JJ Castellano, uh, Rosie, uh, Edgar, uh, Richard Schausberg, who trained one of our horses, a firm success, signed them. So uh, we'll have some of those available for for the silent auction. And they'll, they'll be really special. And we'll have a bunch of the magazines so people can buy and buy them. They're $10. And uh, I think anybody who doesn't like it, we'll, I'll give them their money back. I mean, this is an amazing, <laughs> amazing publication. And uh, I was just talking to John, and he said that it's so successful that it looks like they're going to put it out every six months or every year. They're going to put out another version of it for old friends. Well, that's fantastic. And just last week, uh, we had Jay Hobday. On, on winning ponies, obviously a multiple award-winning writer, and I know that he did a lot of the writing for the magazine. He's unbelievable. He wrote the he wrote the introductory piece that put the whole thing in context, not just for old friends, but for our Mims and uh, and rerun and all these other in Cantor and Ohio and and all the other great organizations that are trying to do whatever they can to help these horses once their breeding and racing careers are over. Well, this is just fantastic. Well, Michael, listen, I know I'm taking you away from an event. I thank you very uh, much so for much taking fun. time, I, and I look forward I to seeing you. I can't wait to see you on Monday. I was just telling John, you know, I have to say this uh, for you, John, and that is a, a, I was telling John Harding, you know, of all the, the tracks in the country, the one that helps us the most is River Downs, and he was very excited to hear that. Well, that that's great, and I hope you can. Uh, um, make it up here. I know you'll make it up here, but uh, I hope we can, we can, between us, get enough people to come. I'm going to give my number out one more time if you didn't find your pen yet. It's 513-354-8303. Any of the items that you heard Michael or myself mention today, you let me know if you want to put a bid out because there's not too many places you can get a saddle signed by uh, 30 jockeys from Saratoga or autographed Derby, Oaks, pictures, framed, and programs. So I, I hope the people out there wrote that number down, and I, I hope we have a big success. They say that this Hurricane Isaac is supposed to be out of the way by Sunday, so I hope we have a grand day, Michael. 
I can't wait to see you, John. I love coming to River Downs. The people are so nice to us up there. We really have a great time, and it's something I really look forward to every year. It's, it's so great of you to do it, and, and the horses are eternally grateful to you and all the people at, at River Downs. And, and, and just to make the day a little special, I'll give you a little tease here, we got a little something-something waiting for you. Oh my God! I can't wait. Well, I can't wait to see you. It's a it's a fabulous time, and 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 it'll be great to see the horses racing and having a lot of fun, making some bets and and greeting all the people. Well, you're a swan song at the end of the year, so we like to go out on a high point, And old friends' retirement is that. Uh, great. Thank you so much, John. I can't thank you enough, and I can't wait to see you and everybody else. All right. The feelings mutual. Michael Blowen, ladies and gentlemen, from Old Friends Retirement. And up next, well, an old friend of mine. Richard Ng from the Las Vegas Review Journal also writes for the Daily Racing Forum and also wrote, wrote a book uh, that I think he dedicated to me called Handicapping for Dummies. So hold on, we're going to be back on Winning Ponies right after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the Easy Win Form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and again, uh, with me, uh, Rich Eng, a handicapper, a radio show host, a writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and he also wrote a book of which I just gave the wrong title to. The, the title exactly is what, Rich? It's called The Betting on Horse Racing for Dummies. Okay, and that's why I'm, I'm the dummy that got the, got the title wrong. But nonetheless, I do have the book, I have read the book, and I advise anybody that has a friend that wants to get into the game or went to the track with them just once and said, you know, I really like that, but boy, all that information, I mean, it was like way over my head. I mean, you really break it down. You don't talk down to people. You just break it down for them chapter by chapter as to what to look for, how the game works, and how they can get better at it. Yeah, the Dummies brand is 
such a popular brand. Uh, I'm pretty sure, John, most of your listeners have a dummy's book of some kind. Oh, yeah, I've got it for computers and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, when the people contacted me to write this book, um, you know, they assigned uh, an editor to me who, quite frankly, John, knew nothing about horse racing. But <laughs> that actually, I think, worked out because when I would send uh, the outlines and the copy back to the uh, editor, and she would look at it, and she would literally circle stuff and send it back saying, I don't understand. And it, it was really good because someone like myself, I, I couldn't believe that she couldn't understand, but the thing is she represented the audience, which is complete novices to horse racing. So, you know, hopefully we accomplished the goal of, of, of getting a, a book that people can take from square one and literally hold their hand through the learning process because it's a tough game to learn from, from square one up to, you know, a handicapper like yourself or maybe even myself. Well, it is, and sometimes, and it's very hard to explain, especially when you're at the track and you're trying to do it in 24 minutes, and you're, you're looking at the the form, and you're trying to get your handicap and done, and you're trying to, uh, you know, uh, teach somebody at the same time because you know that's the way people become horse players. But what's nice is people can sit down with this and at their own pace, maybe take out an old program or a racing form, and uh, you know. Just break it up and learn it step by step. I mean, uh, we all want to, want to teach people it, but th- this is a great way to do it at their own pace. Yeah, that, that's very much the case. And I can't tell you how many times uh, I've had people email me or tell me that uh, they went to the track with a newcomer and what they did was basically uh, give them a copy of the book and say, well, look over this for a little while. <laughs> so it must be it must be working. Well, uh, Rich, luckily you've been on the show with me a, a couple of times, and I... I always uh, appreciate it and kind of got you in the loop uh when we last spoke i think it was back closer to the derby and i think we were both saying how happy we were to see the two-year-old crop graduate to be such successful three-year-olds and sad to say it, it's it's a ball of yarn that's just come unraveled yeah we've lost some really good ones uh knock on wood not to you know being deceased but to retirement, uh, I'll have another is retired. Union Rags is retired. Uh, knock on wood, I'm, hope, I'm hoping Painter is recovering because I know he's been sick up uh, back east, uh, Saratoga way. Yeah. Um, Bodie Meister is retired. So, you know, we've lost a lot of good ones as far as uh, being in training and, and pointing for the fall races. But, you know, the ones that are still in training and still running are, are running pretty darn good. We had a heck of a Travers with a dead heat finish. And then uh, Doolahan went out to Del Mar, and three-year-old won the Pacific Classic. He beat all the elders. Now, that was a huge win for the division because, you know, Doolahan had lost to a lot of the horses I just mentioned. For him to go out there, and he, even though he loves synthetics, and I was told that Del Mar's surface is very much like Keelan, which is a surface that he had won two races on in two starts, um, he, really, uh, he really showed a lot of class and a lot of ability to, to beat a very good group of horses. He did, you know, and, you know, maybe we've got, uh, you know, more rising stars uh, that it's uh, it's time for, uh, you know, Alpha and Golden Ticket to, to punch their ticket. But I know it's a very, uh, it's interesting seeing how, how, how they develop. And I know that you are one of the top uh, NTRA pollsters. And uh, I track your play there, buddy. And I see that right now in the in the polls, and there's some very very respected handicappers that are amongst the the company here. Uh, you still have I'll have another atop. Yeah, you know I had him on top when we started the poll in the spring, and the only time I moved him from the top position, John, was 
when the game on dude was was on a nice winning streak and, and he lost a tough photo he ran a winning race in defeat in the pacific classic so i moved him down one notch to second and i moved i'll have another back up to first and you know i i know some people may be critical of, of why i'm doing that but in my mind you know i'll have another was four for four uh this spring including two wins in the triple crown and i'm looking for horses basically to do more than he's done already and you know, by uh, he's still inheriting the lead, as far as I'm concerned. And you know, maybe by the time we get to the Breeders' Cup, someone will have eclipsed his record and, and done even more. And and you know, I'll adjust my vote. But you know, at this point, uh, he's still at the top of the heap for me. That's my personal opinion. Well, uh, you're not alone. He's still ranked sixth as far as the the, the compilation of people. That your second choice, uh, Game On Dude, uh, was on top of, of this week's. Uh, I got to think. Got to think. Things are going to get. Uh, jumbled up in the, in the weeks to come. It should be very interesting. I hope Acclamation comes back uh, to his form uh, because he was just one of the, the, the top o- older horses. Uh, it'll be, uh, I, I enjoy reading that every week, and especially since I've, I know about half the handicappers in there and seeing who, who their favorite is. Yeah, it, it's probably pretty funny to see us voting uh, in different directions, but we are all coming from different parts of the country and maybe watching certain kind of circuits and certain races a little more closely than others. But, you know, the beauty of simulcasting here in Las Vegas is I, I see an awful lot of racing every single day. And then uh, tip of the hat to the two networks, uh, TVG and HRTV, they bring all these uh, great races from all over the country into your living room. So it makes it easier to follow. All right. Well, let's hope you've been following what's going on at Saratoga because we've got a lot of return runners, uh, starting with the uh, grade one for go at seven furlongs, which for a lot of horses, that's kind of a niche distance. It's interesting how some horses can't get the mile, but they're not quick enough to get six. But for seven furlongs, just seems to to fit in the pedigree. Uh, Obviously, all eyes will be on, on Shackelford. And I'll be honest with you up front, Rich. I'm not crazy about him in this race. Well, you know, if you saw that last race, which most of us did, uh, he ran, quite frankly, terrible. <laughs> you know, the track was muddy, and it was the Vanderbilt, and uh, he didn't run barely a step. And, um, you know, I, one thing about being a horse player, you kind of learn to be a forgiving handicapper, or else it's tough to come up with price horses, because, uh, you know, there's a reason why price horses have high odds, is because their last race or two weren't very good. But, you know, Shackelford is 0 for 3 on wet tracks. If he gets a dry surface, you know, I'm more than willing to give him another chance to, to run back to one of his better numbers if, you know, he gets the kind of surface that maybe he can handle. Maybe just, you know, there, there's a lot of horses who don't like wet tracks for, for whatever reason. So um, I, I think he's worth taking a look at, uh, you know, and, and giving a big shot. He, he would probably would be my top choice in the race. And, Another horse that I have to be a forgiving handicapper on, too, is the four, Jackson Bend, if he goes. I know uh, he was in a collision during yeah, training hours, I guess, out. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. He got T-bone. He, he's lucky, lucky to be alive, I guess. Yeah. But uh, he had a real tough trip in the uh, Marvin. It was a race that looked like was tailor-made as a prep for him, and he got stuck in the parking lot all the way around and ended up finishing fourth. But uh, he's got a lot of ability, and he's done well at Saratoga at times. And uh, a third horse that actually I cashed out real big on on Belmont Stakes Day was the seven, Caixa Electronica. Uh, the True North was a race, if uh, any of your listeners remember, was loaded with speed, and this horse was just so far back coming out of a, a route race, uh, the Met Mile. 
and this horse uh, made an unbelievable stretch run. If you ever want to see a horse go from last and first in spectacular fashion, uh, and you get a chance to watch the replay of the True North. So, you know, I, I think there's a chance for a decent uh, fast pace to set everybody up. I think the six MC is going to be out there winging. I think the five Pacific Ocean is going to be out there winging. So I'm going to try to maybe get one of these stalkers closure zones. Well, I'll tell you what, in Shackelford's case, you know, last week we saw something at 33-1, to 1, golden ticket, uh, a horse who wasn't even going to go in the race, but he couldn't get in two other races, and he ends up uh, finishing in a dead heat in a million-dollar race. The thing that, you, that jumps off the paper on me on golden ticket is how he took to Saratoga. He spit out three consecutive bullet works, and you know up at Saratoga, when you're running a bullet, there's somebody else behind you that's pretty damn fast. And this horse really took to Saratoga. When I look at Shackelford, he really seems to disdain the track, whether it's, it's fast or muddy. Uh, you know, even when he ran the Travers last year, he was like the second or third favorite, and he finished 22 and a half lengths up the track. Uh, you know, Shackelford, I think, is going to get a lot of play, and, and I'm going to try to play against him, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, uh, with, isn't he perfect? You know, let's face it, anything out of these Dutro barns is just going unbelievable. <laughs> and here's a horse that's raised three times in Saratoga. Uh, has has two seconds, uh, but uh, they weren't exactly in in any dog races. Uh, you got Ramon Dominguez that's absolutely on fire right now. And as I said earlier about you can measure every horse's best distance with the yardstick. He's raced seven furlongs twice, and he's two for two. So I'm hoping to get some good odds. Hoping you know Shackelford and actually the other two horses you bet uh, are, are over bet, and uh, certainly I think. Uh, MC, who in uh, his short career, I know he's a four-year-old, he's only run six times, but of those six, four of his buyers have been over 103. Uh, last time, I think he got way too fast, uh, spitting out 21 and 4 and 44 and 3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they can throttle him back down, he's won twice at seven furlongs. So I, I, I'm going to kind of go in those those directions at the forego. Shackleford will probably beat both of them, but <laughs> that's where I'm going in, in, in the forego, right? Well, you know, to make money, you try to find vulnerable favorites. And, you know, what you say about Shackelford is right there in black and white, two races at Saratoga, two stinkers. And uh, the thing about the three, I did write a little note to myself, a uh, cutback, and it's an angle that I like as a handicapper. Uh, this horse is coming out of two mile and an eighth races, uh, going around two turns and now going to seven furlongs. That's a, It's a great strategy. A lot of horses really gobble up seven furlongs because they may be a little slow early. But they've got a lot of energy in the stretch, so I expect that horse should be doing his best running in the lane. Well, I, I uh, try not to handicap with any odds in front of me, so I have no idea what the morning line is. But uh, if I can get a price with Ramon Dominguez right now, I'm going to take it. So let's move on to the uh, the, the Woodard. It's a legendary race up there. This is the 59th running. Um, as as much as I'm trying to beat the favorite. In the forego, I can't get past the favorite in the Woodward. Mucho Macho Man just looks like Mucho Too Good over this field. Yeah, that was a pretty spectacular win in the Suburban Handicap, and uh, they've given this horse some time because that was really a very fast race. Uh, if you go by the buyer figures, it was the fastest race of his career, so you always have to question a possible bounce uh, with this horse, but uh, he's run very well this year, three wins and four starts, and uh, deserving favorite. Uh, as far as the forgiving side, uh, I'm, I'm going to look at a horse called uh, Stay Thirsty, who's uh, 
has a fantastic Saratoga record. You, we, you're just talking about how that uh, is good or bad for you know certain horses for courses. But this horse has started four times at Saratoga with three wins, and this horse ran terrible in the Suburban. Was was never in it. It didn't look comfortable out there at all. So Todd Pletcher gave this horse a little time and has been working this horse, and um, he hasn't given up on this horse, and neither is Mike Rapoli. So. Uh, should be able to get some square value on the five at State First if he bounces back to the top. And another horse who needs to rebound is the six to honor and serve. Uh, the Suburban was uh, kind of an upside-down race. <laughs> Horses who uh, people thought were going to run good didn't, and Mucho Macho Man uh, took advantage and just blistered them with a, with a tremendous effort. Well, as you can see, a lot of these horses have, have you know, run against themselves. It's in bold in, in the daily racing form there. Um, I think if mm-hmm. there's a horse, if you're playing exotics, that, that you want to pr- maybe keep in there, you know, i got a lot of respect for the trainer, Al Stahl. And he's batting 29% right now. And he comes in with a horse by the name of Cease, who's not a big name, but has always been able to put in nice off-the-pace races. The thing about Cease is what we've been talking about here, Three for three at Saratoga, six starts at a mile and an eighth, four wins and a second. This could be a price horse that I think you want to keep in your exotics. Well, another big plus is the jockey Joel Rosario, who's a champion rider in Southern California, switched his tack this summer to New York, and uh, he's hooked up with uh, Ron Anderson, and he's only going to get better mounts live amounts, get into top barns, and uh, if people haven't been watching Joel Rosario, this this kid's one of the very best riders in the country, and nobody finishes stronger than him, so if he's got some gas in the tank, he'll, he'll be coming late, too. Right, and uh, he went over to Del Mar and rode a big race to say hi to everybody oh. back there last week. Oh, sure. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of shocked by his move to the East Coast, but, you know, with that with that money coming out of New York right now, it's awful hard to pass up. But, yeah, again, you know, uh, this is a race uh, I'm, I'm going to stay thirsty, I think is going to get a little more play than, than I like. And then, like you said, to honor and serve with Mott, you just don't know. You know, this guy's a magician. You know, all of a sudden the horse comes back and he works a bullet at Saratoga. He has one at Saratoga. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say mucho macho man is the horse to catch in there. just really looks like this horse has come into his game, uh, you know, ever since uh, he started back in, in 2012. Four starts, three wins, and a third. All right, we got five minutes left, so I say we uh, spend a little time with the girls here, Rich, and uh, mm-hmm. two, two uh, races that I'm sure will have an impact on the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, uh, the, the Spinaway, a grade one at Saratoga at seven furlongs, and the Del Mar Debutante, uh, a $300,000 grade one at Del Mar. We're still at Saratoga. Let's stay there. Uh, wow, what a tough race to handicap. Five of these horses, remember, these are young two-year-olds, have already won at Saratoga. Yeah, and uh, two of them are going to be uh, coupled in the wagering, the teen Pauline and Dreaming of Julia, and, and both of them just superb debut wins. Uh, they're uh, for the Stone Street Stables, uh, and uh, you know one is Steve Asmus and one is Todd Plutcher. And uh, I tell you what, the, the, this entry is going to be uh, just, just way over bed. It's, it's, I mean, I'm thinking, John, this entry is going to be like one to two, two to five, unless uh, unless you think right? I'm being a little too strong. But... So many ways in there. Mm-hmm. Even with the presence of the Grade Three Schuylerville winner in there, you think they'll be over bet? 
Yeah, I, I really think so because you know they're going to look at the the, the items, uh, the issues of Team Pauline. Uh, you know, set a track record and uh, her win and and dreaming of Julia. I remember watching this race uh, in the simulcast, especially when I I saw this horse light up the board at two to five. I said, you know, what the heck is this? And and uh, she was just tremendous in that victory. Uh, and you look at the pedigree of these horses. These horses are only going to get better as the races get longer. So I really think even though you've got a a graded stakes winner in, in so many ways. Uh, her race was good, but uh, I think the other the two fillies, uh, I don't have the speed figures in front of me as far as, uh, you know, some of the rags in or thoroughbred or stuff like that, but i got to think that the wins by the, the entry are just big numbers, and, and they're only going to move forward. Well, you, you know, I, I, I have to totally agree with you. Uh, the, the mystery horse in here for me is, is Mott's horse. You know, Mott's not really known for early developing two-year-olds, but he must have known something, or the barn knew something about this seasoned warrior uh, who went at uh, one to two odds last time out and uh, under a hand ride uh, just blew him out of the water with uh, Junior Alvarado in the saddle and came back with a, a recent bullet work. I don't think he can throw Mott out. This is going to be an interesting betting race. Yeah, she's a dangerous filly. I put a mark next to her as my next choice, and so I, I like getting an outside post at seven furlongs. The jockey has a chance to kind of eyeball the field to the inside and pick a spot to, to go, you know, before they reach the turn. There's a long run to the turn, and uh, this filly shows a lot of ability. So, you know, certainly if, if this horse is allowed to go off at a price, you got to use this horse on your ticket. Yeah, but once again, I want to reiterate what uh, – uh, was said is that Teen Pauline's not every day you set a track record in your debut at Saratoga draws the rail will be very dangerous. All right, we got about two minutes left, Rich. So I'm putting your feet to the fire out there at Del Mar. Uh, another race for two-year-old fillies. Uh, this one does, in my opinion, look like it has a standout and executive privilege. Yeah, executive privilege is the best uh, two-year-old filly in California. You know, maybe the country, but we'll find out later when they all converge for the Breeders' Cup. But, you know, one thing about the last win in the Sorrento, I really thought it was kind of a workmanlike effort. She did not run as well in the Sorrento as, as she did in the Land of Lucy, where she was much more explosive. And, you know, if there's going to be an upside for a filly like executive privileges, hopefully she won despite not throwing her A game last time. However, you know, there's the possibility that maybe we saw her A game, and if that's it, then, you know, maybe one of these other fillies is going to improve past her. I think the uh, uh, filly from uh, Sadler, Micaiah, yeah. ran a big number in uh, victory, but I see a Bayerano that jumps off to ride for Bafford, which uh, doesn't, doesn't surprise me when you're in the Bafford barn. You want to stay in the Bafford barn, so uh, that move made sense. And Peter Miller's got three fillies, and... Uh, Two of them ran in the best pal, and his quotes before and after the race were he, uh, he wanted to stay away from executive privilege, so he ran against the males instead, and they ended up running 2-3, losing to a first-time starter named No More, who was from the Doug O'Neill barn. Well, it'll be, it's going to be a great, great competitive race. Rich, I want to thank you so much. The time has just flown by. And uh, from the Las Vegas Review, we've got Rich Ng, and Rich, it won't be the last time you're on Winning Ponies, my friend. That's fantastic, John. Call me anytime. And uh, for any folks who want to download my picks, I handicap Southern California every day, except for Fairplex, which is coming up next. They can just go to lvrj.com and they can download my work off the uh, off the sports section. All right, thanks a lot. That's Rich Ng. Well, overlooking the turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart for Winning Ponies. Remember, bet with your head, not over it.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.